Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Talk and Smack podcast presented by the Griffcast. Our second episode of the year. Games are underway. We've already had a lot of stuff happen, so a lot to talk about. My name is Aiden Jolly alongside Adam Borski. Let's do it. Not a lot of games going on. St. Peter's is the only team that has played more than one game, but they are looking good through their first two games here. Um, Almost beat St. John's on Wednesday, and then on Friday beat LaSalle at home. Great showings by the Peacocks in both of those games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we kind of talked about it in the preview that we think St. Peter's can definitely be a team to look out for in the MAC, Um, but... I mean, I don't know if anybody expected them to keep it that close and almost beat, uh, to be honest, we almost beat St. John's. So, right. um, yeah, like you said, that's a great first showing. And one thing I did want to point out, um, I mean, last year, this was a team that re- relied so heavily on their bench. Everybody was playing right. like 15, 20 minutes a game. You look at their their box scores for their first two games, it's a lot of it is they're starting five. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. they have – I'm just looking at uh, their game against LaSalle, their second game. Uh, three guys playing over 30 minutes, almost four. One guy playing 29. And then in their first game, uh, pretty much same thing. Almost four guys playing 30 out of their starting five. So definitely might be a different philosophy this year for the right. Peacocks. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, you look at a guy like Fusiuni Drain, who he had, he had 12 points in the St. John's and then 19 points in, against uh, LaSalle, shot eight of 11. Yeah. in that game that that that's good yeah uh, it was definitely good daryl daryl banks played well um mm-hmm. casey, casey and Defo Defo. played well 16 against st john's i mean that st john's game it ended with vince cole um of st john's making a three with about eight seconds left to win that game but i mean st peter's was ahead like the entire second half they had yeah. a real shot to win that game and that's the thing they go down to carnesec arena and they almost beat a good St. John's team who has a shot to make the tournament this year. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's an early statement. I mean, I, I mean, you can't make a much better statement early on in your season than that. I mean, if you're, if you're other teams in the Mac, you're, you're certainly looking at a score like that and saying, dang, I mean, <laughs> that's, right. that's, that's some competition right there. I mean, right. if they're, they're hanging around with a team from a power five conference, you know, that's, that's definitely noteworthy. Another thing I'm looking at now in, in that game too is St. John's like completely out rebounded, out rebounded them in that game, 42 to 29, oh 17. And they, St. John's had 17 offensive rebounds on Wednesday, <laughs> and that just it's it's so much of a testament to St. Peter's that they stayed in that game and almost won it despite the fact that they got crushed on the boards, really. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just a testament to, it's a testament to just that, how well that team is built, how well that team can play. I mean, that's, if you're, like you said, if you're getting killed on the glass like that and you're still leading for a majority of the game, or at least for a majority of the second half and almost pulling that out. I mean, (laughs) if if they can figure out the rebounding situation, I mean, I I haven't seen those still game, but I, I imagine they probably did a little better there, but, um, as long as that's not something that's coming back to bite you consistently throughout the year, I see no reason why. Right. Um, they won't do very well in the Mac. And that least, almost, you know, early and on. that almost proves that they don't need to, you know, dominate on the boards to be able to win a game. Right. I mean, if, if you go down, say you're playing 
let's just say a Canisius for an, for example, you could probably get a Ford to get out rebounded like that and probably still win the game by like five or six points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's man. I mean, that's, I, I know yeah. I'm pretty much, I'm just kind of repeating myself at this point, but you got to give credit where credit is due. I mean, that's, that's, it's an impressive showing despite the loss. That's very, very impressive showing, especially for their first game of the year. And we, and we've said it before, like St. Peter's, is in does not have the facilities doesn't have the resources that a lot of schools down in that area do and you know Shaheen Holloway's is basically fast tracking this rebuild I mean it took John Dunn like eight years to make them competitive Shaheen is doing it in year two <laughs> yeah I'm kidding that's a, that's a big big shout out to Shaheen Holloway there for mm-hmm. sure I mean that's that's just fantastic yes it is I mean good for them they're I, I think again, like we said last week, that they're going to be really competitive in this league. Yeah, no, I'm 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 with you there. I think we're both so, had had similar thoughts there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess, <laughs> I mean, looking at the rest of the schedule, I mean, that's it's about the only big talking point of the week for the MAC. Uh, obviously, Quinnipiac uh, gets their first win in their only game against the Fairly Dickinson Knights. Um, just mm-hmm. looking at the box score for that one, uh, Ragoni with 11 points. Yep. Um, Let's see who else we got here. Oh, Seth Pinkney, uh, twelve Pinkney points, had twelve rebounds. I, they had five guys in double figures. I, yeah. I don't know how fairly Dickinson is supposed to be this year, but I mean, when you can get five guys in double figures like that, another guy with eight, another guy with seven, like it's just yeah. depth absolutely that you have there, and that's that's good. That's a good thing to have. Is yeah, especially early on in the year when you got your bench clicking like that. Yep, it's very important. So. Mm-hmm. I have too much more to say on that one, I guess, so, but good win for the Bobcats. Yep. And the last game, Fairfield gets crushed by Providence. That went about how I thought it would. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> Nobody yeah. really did anything. Taj Benning had 10 points. <laughs> yeah. And Jesus Cruz had eight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, like I told you before we started recording, um, I – I checked into this game for maybe 10, 15 minutes yeah, in the first half too. when it was still close. Um, the, the, the little bit that I did see, um, I thought Fairfield was a little spontaneous on the offensive end. It didn't really mm-hmm. seem like they had a good game plan in place to score. Um, right. Just, you know, again, I, I don't know what the second half looked like. I stopped watching after it kind of got to be a bit right, of a blowout, yeah. but um, yeah, they, they were competitive. They were competitive in the first half. They they only trailed by twelve at halftime, but it was yeah. kind of the second half. Yeah, that I mean that's I mean, got you, him. It was fifty-six twenty-seven. In the I was, yeah, I was just going to say that. I mean that's mm-hmm. <laughs> that that'll that'll do it for you. Yeah. But um, I mean I thought Jesus Cruz looked all right. I mean I know he's supposed to be probably their number one option this year. Mm-hmm. I would have to think. Um, you know, obviously I see four fouls, so he must have been in foul trouble at some point. Right. Um, Taj, Taj Benning, like I just said, he played okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, double figures. Yeah, uh, I mean, not really, not really much to say. Nate Watson had a good game for Providence: twenty-three points, ten rebounds on eight of eleven shooting. Um, David Duke played well. AJ Reeves played well for Providence. Providence mm-hmm. is a good team. Yeah, they are. I mean, so. and like you and I, like you just said, uh, I don't really think either of us expected this to go. No. Anything but the way that it did. But um, right. You know, it's talking point. Not not too many of them in the MAC this early in the no. year. The big uh, the big one is uh, tomorrow night. Rick Pitino will be making his Iona debut against Seton ooh, Hall tomorrow boy. night. Exciting times! Exciting against times against his protege Kevin Willard. 
Yeah, that's actually I didn't even think about that. <laughs> that one. Uh, oh my gosh. I'm not sure if if that one will be at um the Prudential Center or Seton Hall's on campus arena. I forget, the Walsh Gym is what it's called. I I blanked on it for a second, but <laughs> I'm not sure where that game will be. But it'll be interesting. Yeah, should Future be. I mean, protege. Yeah, no kidding. And just the so, fact to to see Rick Pitino back on a basketball court. I mean, yeah. The, just because I mean, I think in reality, like if this is Tim Clewis coaching this team and it's just Iona Seton Hall, this game doesn't get any headlines. You know what I mean? No. It's just it's just a, a, a power five team playing a mid-major. But right. because this is Rick Patino we're talking about here, <laughs> you, you're going to you're gonna hear about this game. Yeah. Whether they win or lose this game, you're going to see it on social media. You're going to hear about this game, oh, yeah, which, like, which I, is I, exciting. I'm going to watch that game tomorrow night. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, so. I certainly will be tuning in too. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I also have another Mac connect, connection into Call of Molson playing yep, for Seton Hall. Yeah, so, um, anyway, either way, to calls uh, kind of moving over a little bit. Um, to call did okay in his first game with Seton Hall uh, the other night. Yeah, but unfortunately, what what you're going to think about in that game is the ending is the missed know? free throw right at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. I mean, and that's that's a tough situation. I mean, that's three shots. You need to make all three. I mean, obviously, it's free throw. You know, you expect to sink them, but, you know. Right. Luckily, the, the good news is happens in the first game. It's not happening, happening in the tournament. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, he'll, he'll be fine. Right. Eight points. He shot. <laughs> what, what was the shooting percentage? It was not great. Two of 12 he shot. But, you know, that, that was clutch of him drawing the foul in the final seconds and – he made two of the three. That was just the third one that he ended up missing, and it ended up losing Seton Hall the game. That uh, was seventy-one to seventy against Louisville. Um, so, you know that, that that that's really about all you can say about that. Um, yeah. it's a tough loss for Seton Hall, but like you said, it's good that they're doing it now instead of you know a Big East tournament or an NCAA. Right. Correct. Tournament. Correct. For yeah. sure. Or well, a big I mean, conference game. Yeah. I guess you want to transition to the national stuff because yeah, I'm not too sure yeah. what else is so on in the Mac. <laughs> the big, the big, uh, we got three top ten upsets three days in oh, a row. Boy, so oh boy, we'll start. I, I, I guess we can start on Friday with uh, San Francisco taking down number four Virginia Aiden, in I gotta, I, I gotta be honest here. I'm gonna give you the floor here because I know for a fact that you were very high in the San Francisco team. Oh, they, I let, they let you down in the first game, but they let did. me tell you, they, so, they turned it around. So I, like, I've i talked about San Francisco on this podcast before, and I was like, you know, so high on them. I think Todd Golden is probably one of the most underrated coaches, not only just in the mid-major standpoint, but in the entire country. They come in on Wednesday and lose to UMass Lowell. And I'm thinking, oh boy. <laughs> uh, is everything I said about this team all off season going to be completely off base? Uh, th- yeah, they lost that game. It was 76, 68 to UMass. Well, a team that's probably somewhere in the three hundreds in Ken Palm. I will, I will confirm that right now. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Actually so, two thirteen. They run up. They, they okay. went up. I'm not, assuming. Not as bad but... as I thought. They're, I, they're, they're kind of like a tier two America East team. Yes, I think and, that's that's appropriate. Um, and then on Thursday they beat Towson 79-68. And then they come in on Friday and they beat Virginia 61 to 60, a game that went 
completely down to the wire. Jeremy Bouye had 19 points. Khalil Shabazz, 14. And Dismitri Rooney got 10. Um, just an overall great performance. And this is a program and a coach in Todd Golden that's so high on analytics. I know. And- I was I was going to bring that up because I, I cannot remember who – I can't remember who wrote the article, but I remember reading something over the summer, just, you know, talking about him and his, his unique approach to coaching and, you know, the, the emphasis on the analytics. And it was, it was fascinating. It really was. I mean, I, I I didn't know anything about that until I read that article and, you know, it, it, I, you know, and obviously I read your preview about them and Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's fascinating to watch a team like this led by a relatively younger coach. He's 35. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, yeah nonetheless probably one of the younger coaches in the country right um it, it's fascinating to watch a team like this play you know what I mean I know there are teams that tend to embody their coach and really you know rally around their coach and I'd like to think that that's kind of what's going on in San Francisco and we, and we know about Virginia's defense and that's you know that's been the theme of this team for that for the past like three four years and this was supposed to be kind of the year that they have some offensive weapons probably a team that could that's definitely better on offense in the national championship winning team two years ago, like last year, you know, they weren't as good and they were kind of a bubble team for a little bit. I remember we talked about that last year, but this was supposed to be probably a better offensive team um, than two years ago. Yeah. I mean, they, and getting, they showed that Hauser against Towson. Well. They showed that against Towson, but that's Towson. Yeah, <laughs> but and then they only scored 60 points in this game, which is about average for that. Right. Yeah. I mean, and obviously, as we've said, San Francisco is a good team, but Virginia is the favorite in a, in a matchup like Virginia. this, of yeah. course. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you absolutely want more than 60 points if you're going to come in mm-hmm. and boast that this offense is improved and it's better than last year. And we're not going to rely on the defense and you're not rely on the defense as much anymore and blah, blah, blah. And to come in and only put up 60 when you hold your opponent to 61. I mean, that's not, it's not good. You know, it's not right. great. Um, right. I mean, uh, Sam Hauser, I mean, getting him on that team, uh, obviously he had to sit out last year, but yep. um, getting him finally situated and in, in, in the lineup is going to make a huge difference. I mean, he's a very talented player. Um, had a good look there at the end to win the game. Um, obviously just, you know, rimmed out or hit the, hit the iron, but um, right. Yeah, I, I mean, this obviously is not the last you're going to hear of Virginia. I would no, be no. absolutely stunned if this team goes into a downward spiral after this. I, I mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. But, right. you know, again, I guess you kind of say the same thing about Seton Hall. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, it's be- better for something like this to happen now than in the tournament. So Right. Another – I'm looking at the stats for, again, for San Francisco, Virginia. San Francisco only scored two points via free throw. Virginia scored 15 via free throw. <laughs> San Francisco shot 13 of 28 from three. Virginia was three of 12. Yeah, that's, that's a difference right there. That's a difference maker. That is the difference of the game. And that that's interesting to me that San Francisco only got two points via free throw. Yeah, that's crazy. So, um, they don't typically win games doing that, but in this case, but you know, (laughs) they, they came out and they did that. Yeah. Um, another thing. Ohio almost beat Illinois on Friday. Whoo, man. And you know me, I love my, love my fighting Illini. I really <laughs> do. But oh my goodness, that was, that was tight. That was tight. Yeah. I will you say can't... one thing though, um, about that. 
obviously the first two games you're playing cupcakes pretty much. I mean, you're playing, I, yeah, I, you're playing North Carolina, A&T and Chicago state. Right. I mean, <laughs> you, you expect to win that the way they did. Right. Um, but that Ohio game that came down to the wire. I mean, that was tight. It did. I know you, can, you can pull out the excuse saying, Oh, it's third game in three days and blah, blah, blah. And, but while that may have played a factor in terms of how tired and energetic guys are, you, you got to win those games. I mean, Ohio, as far as I'm aware, is not supposed to contend for the Mac, the Mid-American Conference this year. No, as no. far as I'm aware, I think that's more Bowling Green at Buffalo. But you got you got to win those games more handily. I mean, you you, when you when you let teams hang around like that, you're just asking for trouble. Right. Jason Preston is a damn good player. We learned. Yes. Thirty-one, six, and eight. Yes. That was so, that was that was a heck of a stat line. Th- that that was a. That was a good one. He had so a, we'll move- I saw something just, sorry, just to, sorry to interrupt you. But no, you're good. Just to talk about Preston a little bit more. I, I, I I'm not going to uh, reference the whole story uh, of his, of his kind of upbringing and all that, but I did oh, see right. a video. Yep. I, I don't know if you saw that video as well. Um, I did. I mean, if, if you, if anybody listening, um, I highly recommend looking that up. I can't remember who tweeted it, but I'm sure if you just Google, you know, uh, Preston and his story, um, I'm sure it'll come up, but yeah, very, they talked, very, very, they talked about it a little bit during the game. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's probably what I saw uh, or what, what, what I heard it from, but that was, that was right. pretty cool. I mean, cool for yes, a guy like that to put up numbers like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, really good for him. Happy for him. You know, obviously they don't get the win, but it's a game you can feel good about. Right. Absolutely. Moving on to Saturday, the upset was Virginia Tech taking down Villanova. This was a weird game. <laughs> I don't know if you watched it. I, I did, did not. I did not have the opportunity to tune in. I was very upset. I was kicking myself because by the time I, I checked my phone, I think I might actually might have been taking a nap. I don't even remember what I was doing. But anyways. By the time I checked my phone, I saw that it was like, you know, two seconds or one second left. And I'm like, you kidding me? This is this is the game I missed, the game that I expect Villanova so, to just win. <laughs> so so college, so the, the entire college basketball world was confused. So here's what <laughs> happened. I'll, I'll kind of take you through here. Please do. So Keve Aluma of Virginia Tech finishes, or so I'll set the scene. Villanova's up 62-61. Mm-hmm. Uh, Last few seconds of the game, Keve Aluma, layup foul, makes the and one. So that puts Virginia Tech up 64-62. There was like 1.2, 1.3 seconds left. Mm-hmm. And on the ensuing inbound, um, they're trying to inbound it. And Justin Moore of Villanova runs into Justin Mutz of Virginia Tech. Initially they called a charge on it was um, Justin Moore. Right, on Moore. So Jay Wright doesn't like it, goes to the refs and said, hey, can you look at it? So they do. And then they not only rescind the charge, they call a block on Justin Mutz. So that puts Moore to the free throw line. He hits both free throws to send it into overtime. I was very confused. That sounds I like I think you did a good job explaining that because I yeah. can definitely picture it in my head, but that is a mess. I mean Oh yeah. I mean I didn't I I mean I can kind of I'm just like have the game, the stats of the game up. I can kind of see the video right. here, but 
Um, I mean, in the moment, I mean, what's going through your mind? Do you think, is that a charge to you? Is that, did, you, did they make the right call? I, I, yeah, I think they got the right call, but the issue was, and I tweeted about it. I can pull up my tweet again. It was, yeah, they probably in the end made the right call, but in that situation, I feel like you can't change it. There's a second to go and this right. is the game, you know? Yeah, right. That's just kind of a, you got to swallow the whistle type thing there. Right. I definitely, I, mean, I definitely get you. Right. So, but either way, I mean, Virginia Tech deserved to win that game. They were the better team the entire game. They do end up, they do end up winning it in overtime, mm-hmm. 81 to 73. And that, honestly, my big takeaway from that game was that it just confirms my belief that this season right now is just Gonzaga and then leaps and bounds above everyone else. Mm-hmm. Now Baylor, I haven't, I haven't watched Baylor play yet. Uh, I, I think either, they, yeah. I think they've only played one game. Yeah, they've only played one game. They beat Louisiana Lafayette by forty, or yeah, forty. And so, or no, it was 30, 30, 112.82. That's thirty. I can't do math. So, <laughs> <laughs> I've never been accused of being a math guy. Um, so. Until I see, I, like I said, I haven't seen Baylor yet. And I don't have a reason to believe that they're not in Gonzaga's category, but I don't have a reason to believe that they are in Gonzaga's category. Right, right. You know what I mean? I do. And I, I know, I, I remember you tweeting about that, and I, I totally agreed. I mean, Gonzaga comes out, makes a statement, has a statement winning against Kansas, which I'm sure we'll talk about that game later. Um, yep. Comes out absolutely blows Auburn out of the water. Um, right. And you look at their next couple games, obviously they would have had the chance to play Tennessee. That's not happening now. Um, but you got a game against the top 15 team in West Virginia. And then the game, the game, that'll, yep. that'll, that'll tell us what, you know, just how good Baylor is or, or just how good Gonzaga is and just how big the gap is to everybody else. Because mm-hmm. that game right there, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm trying to think back. I mean, when was the last time the top two teams in the country played in a game like this? I mean, was it the Oklahoma Kansas game? That's what I was thinking. That was the that was the one game that that I might have been of. the most recent time. Yeah, might have been the game that went to triple overtime. God, dude, it, was I, still, it was still when Trey Young was that uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, that was such a good. I literally. Oh my gosh. I can vividly remember laying in bed at like two or two in the morning, one 30 in the morning, however late it was. I had school the next day. Oh yeah. I I'm did just too. sitting I... here on my phone watching this game, like in awe, like how is this still going? Oh my God. Oh, yeah. That, that, I, I remember I stayed up for that whole game. Like you said, it ended at like one in the morning or something like that. I, I got like four something hours of sleep, yeah. or like five <laughs> something hours of sleep. Yeah, after I was in the same boat as you. But I think guys, uh, I mean, the, the one, two will stay intact. I would think three and I would four have will obviously go down. That means Iowa will probably move up to three. Yeah. yeah. You got to think that'll, that'll move Iowa up to three. I um, think so. And speaking of which, though, actually, that's another team Gonzaga plays in non-conference uh, a couple weeks right. from now, December 19th. That, yeah, that so. game's not for a couple weeks, but. How about uh, that? I mean, imagine, say Gonzaga beats Baylor and Iowa doesn't lose. Gonzaga will have played the second and third best team in the country before conference right. play like in non-conference play i mean that's and remarkable five team and another they were six at the time right right they'll yeah move they'll move down a little bit yeah uh, but still like that's 
that's really good for them. Yeah, you know? no kidding, man. That that'll Holy help them seating wise too. Yeah, so. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you can't you can't come out and say, oh, they know the West Coast Conference. You know, they don't play anybody. They 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 played some games, right? Because <laughs> played some games. That conference is better because, um, St. Mary's is not what they usually are this year. Yeah, granted, but BYU they, is good. San Francisco is good. Mm-hmm. I think Pepperdine has a shot to be decent. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they have, they don't have any really besides Gonzaga, of course, they don't really have any like great teams, but they have a lot of good teams. Right. It feels like they have a lot there. There's a lot of quality in that conference. No, probably I'd assume let's say send two, maybe three to the tournament. I would think so. I, I, mean, I would I think, think that's, I, I would think yeah. that number is fair. I would have to agree with you there. So, <laughs> anyway, going back to the Gonzaga, Kansas game. We can talk about that on Thursday. Wow. I mean, this Gonzaga team looks unstoppable. I know, dude. Like, when you when I'm just, like, looking, like, I'm, I just pulled the box score from this game. And I'm just, yeah. like, looking up and down this Gonzaga, Gonzaga lineup. And just the amount of pure talent all right. over that team. I mean, obviously, I'm looking at the minutes. They really only played six guys, maybe seven if you count um, Cook off the bench. But, right. I mean, Drew Timmy is a stud. Right. Kisper is a stud. Jalen Suggs played Better a than heck advertised. of a game. Better than advertised. Uh, Ayayi, like, they're all over pretty much in every position. They have a guy who can play and just go off at any time. You know, Nemhart I mean? is like, good off the bench. Yeah, Nemhart yes, is very of course. Good oh, yeah, I missed him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was watching that, and I mean, Kansas. I, to their credit, I mean, it wasn't a blowout. You know, Kansas did no, it was close for for a good while there. Um, but man, that's a they're such a good team. Yeah, and they did the same thing against Auburn. I mean, that game was not close. Timmy had twenty eight. Kispert had twenty five. Suggs only had twelve. Mm-hmm. But he shot six of nine. So yeah. you take the good with the bad. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I I don't see this team losing a game for a while. Maybe they lose no. to Baylor, but I doubt it. Yeah, I don't think so, Maybe man. Maybe they lose to <laughs> Iowa because of Garza. Yeah, I mean. Because Garza is the best player in the country. Yeah, I'm about to say, I mean, you're going to need probably uh, one of those, like, you know, 38 38- – 12 and something games from Garza. You know what I mean? He's going to have to really, really play well. Right. Um, man, like, and it's just good. It's and, fun basketball yeah. to watch. I mean, like, it, it is. It's, there's, there's such a well oiled machine. Mm-hmm. And here's my issue with Kansas. And I tweeted about this. I don't know if you saw it. I think I did. Kansas, I think I know what you're going to say. Kansas is a good team, right? We know that. But they're not elite. They don't mm-hmm. have that elite player. Right. They don't. They just don't. Yeah, this team has. I mean, Mark, Marcus Garrett is good. Yeah. Um, Oche Agbaji is good. I, I mean, they they have a lot of good players, but I feel like Kansas, throughout the years, has always had that elite player, and this right. year they don't. That's true. No, I I agree with that. I agree with that uh, assessment. I mean, just watching that game, you could kind of see that. I mean, they don't have a Dotson this year. They don't have an Azubuki this year. They don't have a Mason this year. No, nope. you know it. it a Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, like right? That. Of course. Yeah, they don't. They don't. Um, 
again, I think this is the kind of team where it's they'll be good enough. You know what I mean? I think they'll right. finish roughly, if not in the top ten, probably top fifteen. They'll, and they'll, they'll finish the they'll finish the season with twenty five or so wins. Yeah, I mean they'll get at least probably two three seed, maybe four if they right. you know fall off a bit. But they'll they'll be a high seed. But I, I do agree with you. I don't think that this is a one seed team. I don't think that this is you know. I mean, you know, when you get to March, obviously you'll, we'll see. I mean, this is all, you know, we're just talking about the first couple of games. Right. Of the year, I, mean, but, I mean, yeah. Teams have only played two games, but you know. yes, I, I do. I agree with your assessment on that team for sure. Right. So like I said, or Kansas has only played, they played two games, right? Yeah. They played two games. They beat St. So. Joseph's. I, I don't think St. Joseph's is supposed to be good. <laughs> um, Christian Braun played well against, he had, he had 30, he had 30. Okay. okay. 13, five of eight, nine rebounds. That, that's, that's good a good line. That's Very good line. game. But it's against St. Joseph's. This is true. But, so, you know, and, take, take the go with the bad, like you said. <laughs> and so, anyway, so we've been talking. To, so, speaking of the Atlantic 10, which St. Joseph's is a part of, our good third segue. upset uh, earlier today, Richmond taking down Kentucky oh, at Rupp Arena. Man. Oh man, I don't know if that was a buy game or not, but that 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 certainly is that, that's epitome of brutality territory right there. Um, and anyway, while, while I look at Atlantic ten scores, San Francisco is losing to Rhode Island right now, so <laughs> they're down oh, nine. Oh man, God bless. God Jalen bless. Crutcher is a fun watch, by the way. Yeah, they're not. Or, so. Fats Russell. I mean, Jalen Crutcher is a fun watch too, but so is Fats Russell. Yeah, I know. I, I enjoyed. Uh, he actually didn't have too good of a game against. Um, Oh, was that Arizona State? It was Arizona played? State. Yeah, I'm yeah, looking at that box right now. Twelve they on shut him down a little bit. Yeah, um, he's a he's been there a while, man. Has yeah. he? He's a senior. Yeah, he's a senior. Yeah, I thought to say. I mean, I feel like I've been hearing about Fats Russell in Rhode Island for forever now. But yep, he he's one of those um, guys that it's like he's been around forever. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> oh man. But anyways, oh yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Arizona State. Um, they lost to Villanova. That was another good game. Uh, going back to, oh Villanova. yeah, yeah, that Josh game I did catch. was great. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, man, <laughs> yeah, he looks great. Yeah, he does. He, he looks like an All American. Yeah, that's true. Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Bob, he might. Bobby Hurley's a heck of a coach. Yes, he is. And what I'm thinking of Jeremiah Robinson Earl, he could have like he didn't. He wasn't the best player on the floor his freshman year last year but i think he can have a sort of a a sophomore jump similar to how sadiq Bray, sadiq bay did yeah that's i fact. think there's a chance if he can do that if he can have a similar uh so his lines have been on um, the 25th against boston college he had 18 and 10 mm-hmm. and then against arizona state he had 28 and 8 and against virginia tech he had 14 and 9 right yeah. So three good lines to start the year. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's just a shame that, I mean, you know, you do, you do that. You, you win the, 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 on paper, the tough game. I mean, not to say Virginia Tech's a bad team, but man, that's, that's just, I'd say Arizona state was, is more the tough game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what I was trying to say. Um, Yeah. It's just, it's just, un, I, I don't want to say it's unfortunate because like you said, I mean, I, I think they probably didn't deserve to win the Virginia tech game, but mm-hmm. I mean, you, you do the hard part, you win a very talented and 
I'd say dangerous Arizona state team. I mean, with all the talent on that roster, I mean, I was just saying, I mean, Bobby Hurley's a great coach. Rami Martin is probably in the player of the year conversation, depending on how his year goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like you said, Christopher, I mean, he came out and had a fantastic game against Villanova. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know, man. He is, he's one of the best freshmen in the country. I, yeah, and for sure. I think a big reason of why Villanova won that game was they contained Remy Martin. Yeah. Five points, two yeah. of eight shooting against. Holy smokes. I, I'd say the best point guard in the Pac-12. Yeah. Dang, that's crazy. 37 minutes, again, player of the year candidate, five, two, and one. A preseason 37 minutes. That's crazy, man. Holy cow. Yeah. And that's, you know, that goes to Jay Wright's coaching style. Yeah. Is, you know. It's a good point. Hell, look. Yeah, speaking of good uh, coaches, Jay Wright, another good yeah. coach. Alonzo Verge had a good game against Villanova. Mm-hmm. I mean, Villanova, they're a good team, but again, they they lost to Virginia Tech. I mean, they didn't look great against a Boston College team. I know, like, you know, Boston College is always like basement of the ACC. <laughs> Boston Co- I mean, Boston College is not bad right now. They're yeah. going to be they're going to be better than they have been. They don't, you know, they don't have an NBA guy like you know, like a Kai Bowman or a Jerome Robinson, but they have more depth now. Jay Heath is a good player. Makai Ashton Langford has had a good game. They have former Mac uh, star, Rich Kelly. Uh, Frederick uh, Scott, too. They have two former Mac stars, Frederick Scott and Rich Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, so the depth is there at Boston College, but they don't have the star. Anyway. Right. Okay, wait. Just wanted to point One last out. quick question. I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but – Marcus Bagley, that's that's Marvin Bagley's younger brother, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's what I thought. Yep. I thought I heard that in the broadcast, but I, I wanted to confirm it. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, so, yeah, we got off on a big tangent there. I wanted to talk about Richmond and Kentucky oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, from, uh, from a couple was, hours ago. That was a heck of a tangent. Oh, my gosh. How do we go from <laughs> Richmond, Kentucky to talking about Philadelphia? Boston College, Arizona State. <laughs> Oh, you know what? It happens. Yeah, it does happen. You're right. Um, All right, yeah. Back, back to back to yeah. Rupp Arena. <laughs> Richmond looked like the the better team today. I mm-hmm. I know you were working, so you probably didn't watch it, but I did. Yeah, I, did I watched most of the second half. Yeah. And I was, I was too busy putting yogurt on shelves and getting milk for <laughs> old ladies. <laughs> um, but they they looked good. Blake Francis scored 18 points. Nathan Ko scored 18 as well um jacob gilliard who is listed at 5-9 and i think that's generous <laughs> he he scored six points on three of 13 shooting he shot oh eight from three but he's you know one of their he's one of their guys too and he was great on defense and he came up with some big plays late in the game mm-hmm. um six assists great passer yeah um Richmond just overall, they looked like the better team, and Kentucky mm-hmm. just looked inexperienced. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the box score. Kentucky over ten from downtown, no threes in the entire yeah, game. They didn't, they didn't have a single three. Yeah, that is not that's not a recipe for success. No, <laughs> needless to say, Kentucky, but... Kentucky has to have more of an offense that's not BJ Boston or OVA Sar. Yeah, I know. And I was going to ask you how did BJ Boston look. I was I was curious to see. He him. looked good. I mean, they, Boston and Sar both looked good. But that was it. Right. Really. I mean, yeah. Terrence Clark was okay. But I mean, they 
they look inexperienced. And this is something we talk about with Kentucky every year is that they're usually not good until like January. That's honestly, that's pretty true, actually. So, <laughs> because I mean, I, I saw a joke on Twitter, but I mean, I saw someone joking on Twitter and I'm like, you know, he's not wrong. It's like, because John Calipari is like throwing out these AAU teams every year, you know? That's true. I know it's crazy. I mean, it's like, it's like them Duke. I mean, you you bring in these crazy star studded recruiting classes and you're just like, you know what? We got a team for one year, a lot of good guys. We're going to see what happens. And then you rerun it again next year and rerun it again next year. Um, I mean, I guess that's just the perk of being a blue blood and, you know, bringing in guys like that, but you can do that. I think Kentucky (laughs) is more guilty of it than Duke. Well, yeah, yeah. I, yes, I I agree with you there. I think. And it feels, and it feels like Kentucky always has one of the, like a bad loss like this at the beginning of every year. Yeah. Last I mean, year it was yeah, about to say Evansville. That, that to I this mean, day, that's probably still one of the craziest losses. Like I can, Oh remember. yeah. I mean that Evansville team was so bad. Oh yeah. They, the rest they of the won, year. So it was like bad. Nine and 20 or something like that. It was 0 and 18 in Missouri Valley play. Oh man. Just that, like that they were bad. 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 College basketball, man. Just for stuff. So, like that, this is great. Hey, and it's unpredictable. And that's, yes, you know, that's the, that's and, the and beauty I was, of it. I, and I tweeted this this morning. The gap, uh, I tweeted this after the game. The Over the past few years, the gap with, you know, a team like Richmond. Richmond's a good team. We'll talk about them in a minute. But the gap between a team like Richmond and a team like Kentucky is growing smaller and smaller every year. Yeah. And I think the fact that, most games are more or less being played on a neutral floor with no fans. It makes that gap even smaller. Mm-hmm. That's true. So I, th- I think we're going to be in for a lot of upsets like these because you don't have the atmosphere. Right. Like you did in years past. No, that's, that's past. very true. That's very so. true. I mean, I think you can look at that in a lot of other sports as well. I mean, just, mm-hmm. I mean, home field advantage does not exist during this time. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's it, even, even when you're playing at Rupp, I mean, I'm not sure if right. there were fans, you know, if they had like 10% or 20%. I, I think they had maybe a couple thousand. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah, I mean, not regardless, you're basically going in there and it's pretty much like you're playing in an empty gym. Right. Uh, I mean, well, obviously, you know, fans there for Kentucky, but in terms of like other games, you know, you're pretty much playing in an empty gym. It's like you're playing in a practice facility. Sometimes you are basically playing in a practice facility. Yeah, in some cases. Um, I, I, and I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, I think that if you're a, a mid-major, you know, a, a lower team, you're going in to play a bye game, something like that, and you already have nothing to lose, and you're going in, you got no fans, you know what I mean? All, you, all you're thinking about in terms of who's watching is there's people on TV watching. Right. I, mean, I think that only... certainly helps your mentality. I mean, it helps your mindset. You don't have to right. worry about people screaming at you or, you know, you're shooting a free throw. It's pretty much, you know, if you hear a pin drop, it's, right. it's gotta, it's gotta help you. I don't see and, why it wouldn't. And I think if you're a team like Kentucky too, it's like, you know, you're almost going in there with everything to lose because you're expected to go in there and win that game. Maybe you get a little lackadaisical, maybe. Right. Like they think it's like, oh, this is Richmond. There's some team in the Atlantic 10, whatever. You know, same thing with Virginia and San Francisco. Granted, that game was actually at a neutral site, but it's like, oh, this is the San Francisco. Who are these guys? Like, you know. Right, right. It's like that. And, and so kind of, that maybe that happened 
with yeah. Evansville and Stephen F. Austin last year. Right. Yeah. Gosh. Um, yeah. I mean, and that's, it's just kind of reverse kind of what I was saying earlier. Um, if you're a Kentucky team and you got a tight game against a team like Richmond, I mean, having thousands and thousands of fans in the stands cheering you out, like if it's like say 60 to 60 with three minutes to go and you need to stop having that six man in the crowd that helps, right. I mean, that plays a factor, you know, especially in terms of momentum and, you know, ener- energy and all that. And like, it, And another thing it turns on, like, you know, you're on defense. It's like everyone in, you know, you got the bench and the coaches trying to make everyone get louder. It throws off the communication of the other team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in a, in a scenario like this, they can easily communicate on court. Right. Whether, you know, and when you have Rupp Arena holds what, like 22,000, something like that. Yeah. And it can be tough to communicate when there's 22,000 people screaming. That's it's true. tough to hear. Yeah. And now it's easy to hear. So I think, I think that plays a, a big role in, uh, you know, that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. like I said, right. Richmond, uh, we said we'd talk about them. Richmond is going to be in the top 25 this week. Yes, they I are. Think. Yes, they are. Shout out my boy, Grant Golden, man. Love that yeah. dude. Love Grant this, Golden to death. <laughs> and, this, and this is a team that doesn't have Nick Sherrod this year who <laughs> – had a knee injury. I, I think it was a knee injury. He's not playing this year. This was supposed to be his big year. He had 12, he had 12.7 points a game last year. He had five rebounds. He was one of their best players. And I was thinking kind of coming into this year before he got hurt, it was like, Oh, like he's going to be a guy for Richmond and he's going to be one of their best players. And now they don't have that. And they're still good. Like Richmond's still a good team. They, they mm-hmm. should be the odds on favorite in the Atlantic 10 right now. Yeah. I would um, think so. The Atlantic so, 10 is going to be a bloodbath this year. Yes, it will. I mean, it's a bloodbath every year. The Atlantic, <laughs> 10, should prob- the Atlantic 10 should probably have two ranked teams this week because you got St. Louis, too. Right, yeah. Who had a really good win against LSU on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a I mean, very good win. You think about it, you got them, you got a St. Bonaventure team who's talented, you got mm-hmm. Dayton, like you were talking about Jalen Crutcher earlier. I'm not sure if they're. Like they're, they're, they're definitely gonna, they're on the outside looking in year. and yeah, they're on the outside looking in, in terms of winning right. the conference. But I mean, with a guy like Jalen Crutcher, who knows? I mean, that recruit, the, their recruiting class for next year looks great. Mm. So th- they will be good next year <laughs> is, is what, is what we're looking at here. Gotcha. And um, Crutcher's a senior. So unfortunately he'll be gone. He'd be a great guy to lead that team. Yeah. A team next year. Cause they ha- they're going to have a bunch of freshmen coming in. Obviously that's not going to happen. But you got a guy like, I'll say like a Dwayne Cohill or, you know, I don't know, an RJ Blakeney, who's going to be, you know, an older guy on those teams. Mm-hmm. So, right. They yeah, I think, I think we've, yeah, I think we've seen in years past, um, you know, especially because we were talking about like those kind of super AAU teams um, with mm-hmm. the Blue Bloods. Having an experienced leader like that is so insanely crucial. Yes. To be able to hold everything together, be able to glue everything together. Um, I mean, I, th- I think back to that Duke team with Zion and RJ Barrett and all that. Um, they were probably on paper the most talented team in the country, right. but when it, when push comes to shove and you're in those, you know, tightly contested games and, you know, you're going down to the wire, having a guy like that is big. And I, right. I think it was, saw... it was Michigan state. They lost to in the right. tournament, right? Exactly. Yes. I believe so. Cassius and... Winston. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So, um, I mean, he was a junior at the time, but he can be, he was that guy for Michigan yeah, state. Right. Exactly. And 
I, I think in any situation, um, I mean, I just thought of Duke off the top of my head, but you need, you need guys like that. You need guys right. like that. You can't, you can't expect to win sending out five freshmen, you know, no matter how talented they are, you know what I mean? You, you need, you need vets for sure. Right. I think Kentucky has a chance at that, at having that guy in Oliver Olivier Saar. Right. Yeah. The he's gra- he's the grad transfer. So, but other than that, they're starting four freshmen. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. they have Davion Mintz, another grad transfer. Everyone they play, this is their first year. That's crazy. Everyone that played will say in the Richmond game, this is their first year at Kentucky. Right. Every single one of them through Except, either oh right 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 yeah, yeah through either freshman or transfer. Man, that's crazy. So they got four freshmen starting and Sar starting the grad transfer, and then the four guys that came off the bench. Uh, two of them are freshmen, Davion Mintz, the grad transfer, and then Jacob Toppin, Man, who's the sophomore from Rhode Island who just right. transferred. That's crazy. I mean, they that's don't just, have a single returner from last year. Not that is so crazy. I mean, that's just I, it's just the reality of college basketball in 2020, right. I guess. That's just crazy, man. That, that, that is insane. You look at their entire roster, they – do they have a – Okay, Riley Welch was on the team last year, but like he doesn't play. I've never heard Keon, that name before in my life. Keon Brooks is a sophomore. Um, Brendan Brendan Canada is a sophomore, but like Keon Brooks is the only returner that has actual experience. He played mm-hmm. 15 minutes a game last year. He's a sophomore. He's the only one. <laughs> That's it. That's insane, man. That is actually you know going to get minutes this year. That is genuine. Everyone crazy. else is new. And I think and I think that's a reason that we don't see Kentucky winning the NCAA tournament a lot. Because when it comes down to the tournament, you need to have experience. I think I think, you know, you don't necessarily need need to have experience, but I think it's a really important thing to have. And Kentucky just doesn't have it. And that's why I yeah. think you see Kentucky A losing early on semi-regularly and mm-hmm. B just not winning the tournament. Right. I think that's a big reason yeah. is they don't have the experience. And I've said, I, I think I've said it on this show before, like you need to have experience to make a deep tournament run because it's tough because you go in, you play, you're playing six games in a row and you have to win all of them. Mm-hmm. And we'll say the if you're like a two seed, like Kentucky, usually like a one or two or three seed, like Kentucky usually is, yeah, those first two games will be easy, mm-hmm. but then you get to the regionals and you know, you got to play and beat two really good teams that also got to this point in a span of three days. That's a tough thing to do. Yeah. That and the fact you're playing teams that a good, probably 80, 90% of the time teams you have not seen like even oh, yeah. for a senior, you have probably never seen play ever. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's not like, easy to do. It's not. Like, obviously, you you can only study those teams so much. You know, it, 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 it's a different thing from watching a team in a film study and watching their games to actually being on the court playing against them. Right. It's a different animal. Yeah, it is. Also, side note, I was just checking some scores. Houston 37, Texas Tech 19 at the half. Okay. Wow. 19? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's not good. I was – Texas Tech is weird. I thought Texas Tech is, like, 
they're going to have a shot to win the Big 12. Uh, they they played well against, I mean, obviously they're playing cupcakes, Northwestern State and Sam Houston State. They beat up on both of them. So this is their first like real game of the year. The year. Mm-hmm. That's not a great look. No, it is not. Uh, Mac McClung just, only has five. Uh, and Mike Peavy with six to lead them. McClung was kind of supposed to be their guy. Yeah. He had a good first game, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, well, or a good first – I mean, obviously, like you said, it was cupcakes. But, I mean, he had had 20 20 against Northwestern State and 18 18 against against Sam Houston. Houston. So, I mean, I guess, you know, against the cupcakes he's playing well. Not so much against a ranked team, but – oh, well. Tyler Edwards, Edwards, the junior, is – he only has three points so far. Um, I'm, I'm sure this game will be over by the time most people are listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or at least get to this point in it. Uh, Sam, or he had nine against Sam Houston, 10 against Northwestern, three so far against Houston. So, yeah, not not great. Not great. <laughs> not at all. Any other? Uh... playing well. Quentin Grimes is yeah. playing well so far. Any other games over the past, what, 10, 11 days since we've recorded Catch Your Eye? Um, Michigan State beat Notre Dame. Good win for them. Um, Michigan yeah. State has a lot of depth. Yeah, and they the look post, really good. The post Cassius Winston era. The po- yeah, but it was game two post Cassius Winston. It'd be Eastern Michigan on Wednesday. They played Duke on Tuesday. That's a, that's a big one. Oh you got, right, you the Champions, Champions Classic, Classic on uh on Tuesday, Michigan State Duke at seven thirty, Kentucky and Kansas at nine thirty. God, there are so many good games this week. Holy cow, there are. Yeah. Oh and Then you have then you have the Illinois Baylor game on Wednesday. Yep. I know. I was just looking through this. Holy cow, you got so many good games. You Gonzaga do. Baylor Saturday afternoon. Yep. Oh, yeah, we're man. we're, we're going Texas. to have a lot to talk about next week. Yes, we are. Oh, and the Big East Big Twelve battle starts Sunday. Holy cow! On Sunday, this yes, is, it does. This yep. is yeah, nice. we're gonna have Can- we're gonna have nice. Villanova, Kansas. This is so nice. The se- the season is in full swing. We are here. Oh man, so, I like it. I am on board. It's exciting. <laughs> so we'll we'll have a lot to talk about next week. On, yes, uh, we will. We yes, will. We will. Want to want to want to make some predictions before we call yeah. it quits, I guess. So, yeah, we'll start. Yeah, we'll we'll start for Tuesday. Um, so I I we can start Michigan State Duke. You can go first. I'm gonna I'll take Duke. I think I think Duke's probably I'll gonna Duke. be uh, yeah. Better. I'm gonna take Duke as well. I think they're probably just the better better of the two. Yeah. I think on paper, and I think I think it'll be tight. I don't think this is. I'd be surprised if this goes to a blowout, but I'll, I'll take I'll take Duke. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, and I do think this will be the better of the two games. Yeah, I agree. I, because I, I, def- like, I definitely agree. Like we've talked about, Kansas and Kentucky both have their flaws. So I I think mm-hmm. the Kansas Kentucky game has a chance to be ugly, uh, but I don't think it will be. I'm gonna go Kansas. I'm going to go Kansas um, as well in this one. So I was not, I, I was more impressed with Kansas than I was Kentucky. And that's, yes, that's my sole yes, reasoning for picking Kansas. Dan, Kentucky's yep. favored by one and a half. That's actually very surprising. Or, okay. Okay. That's actually very surprising. What's the line in uh, Michigan state Duke? Uh, Duke three and a half. Okay. That's fair. That's at Cameron and Nor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Kentucky Kansas is on a neutral site. So. 
Yes. Bankers That's Life fair. Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. Yes. Uh, Illinois Baylor is also at Bankers Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. Oh, man. This is uh, this is a tough one. I know how you – we one, both man. really like Illinois. Oh. But I, th- I think Baylor is going to be a little too much for them. I'm going Baylor. This is like my my heart and my brain are like <laughs> fighting each other right now before I make this pick. You know what? I'm gonna I'm locking it in. Give me give me the fighting Illini. All right. I love so Io DeSumo. Love Kobe Colburn. Adam Miller. Adam Miller. He came out of no. I mean, I I think he was expected to play well for the Illinois, but I was very impressed with his game. You yes. know, for, through the first three i mean obviously you know three against three you know met teams but well, met teams to put it lightly but yeah. i was i think he played a he, he's going chicago to play state a big role in, chicago state literally in the 350s <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah okay maybe maybe yeah maybe a little worse win, like four games yeah maybe a little worse than Matt. but anyways yeah. i think adam miller if he can be that third option and like that 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 kind of glue that holds the rest of that starting lineup together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Say Io's having a bad game or Kofi Colbert's having a game, had a bad game. If he can step in and kind of replace the production for one of those two, I think Illinois right. can be deadly. Okay. So, so I, I will take Illinois. I'll, I'll roll with my, I'm, my heart I'm, here. I'm still going Baylor. I think Jared Butler is great. I think Masi Oteague is great. I think Davion Mitchell is awesome. I think they, I think they just have too much talent. I think it's going to be a great game, but I will go Baylor. Mm-hmm. Maybe like it'll be decided in the last few possessions. I, th- I like that. I think that's definitely. No. Do you think West Virginia has any shot against Gonzaga? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, man. Um. Yeah. Keep Gonzaga. Here. All right, Gonzaga Baylor. Man, I'm very excited for this game. I hope. I don't know when I work till that day. I really hope I'm out by that time. Anyways, it starts at, it starts at noon. Oh man, really? That's yeah. lame. I may have to record <laughs> it then. Whatever. I'll follow along on Twitter. There you go. <laughs> so I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah, good. At least at least at least we have somebody on here who'll have watched it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm going Gonzaga. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna uh, go Gonzaga as well. I, I think uh, it'll be tough for Baylor to win back to back games against top ten teams. So Yeah, I agree. That's I'm gonna why I'm doing that. I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make an even uh, another prediction just to, just because why not? I'm gonna say Corey Kispert drops thirty. That is okay. my bold prediction. Okay, love I can that. see love, that. Love his I can game. See that happening. I love him. I, I okay. really like watching him play against Kansas. I was very, very impressed. I love his, I love his game. Love his. I thought he was good on defense. Thought he was good on offense. I thought he, I mean, transitionally, I thought he was moving well. Um, I mean, he's a bigger guy. You know what I mean? Like, right, he's right. Not, He's kind of in that weird, like he. Oh, I think he's I think he's bigger, too big to be a guard, but like he he has the ability to, you know, play play in a guard. He's very versatile. He's yes, very, that's very thank versatile. you. That's that was the word yeah. I'm looking for. He's versatile. Thank yeah. you. He's um, but yeah, I love his game. Yeah, I love his swagger. I mean, I think he's think he's a great player. Yeah, he he plays the three most of the time. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a good spot for him playing right there. So yeah, I would have to agree. Uh, we'll yeah, I guess we can guess we can predict Sunday. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll predict one more game. We don't know when we'll record next yeah, week. Yeah, so. that's true. Uh, we'll do we'll do uh, Villanova Texas <sighs> at the Irwin Center. <laughs> uh, I would have to think that Villanova pulls that one out. Um, 
I think Texas is I, Texas I think is so a good too. team. Um, shout out Shock Smart, but if uh, Texas doesn't go to the tournament this year, it might not be good in Shock Smart land. Yeah, no, I think he's he was kind of the on the verge. He was kind of on the verge of losing his job at the end of last year. Yeah, I mean but, they don't uh, make the tournament this year. I would be stunned if he's right. back. <laughs> I mean, it, it was the, it was the late push that Texas made late last year that him to keep his job. Obviously, the tournament got canceled. But Gonzaga was, or not Gonzaga, Texas was probably going to end up making the tournament. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is because true. Because of their weight push. Right, that is true. Do you see? Uh, do you see Greg Brown's poster? I did. That was nice. That was probably it the was, best I've seen so far this year. That 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 had that. Yeah, I would say I would agree with that as yeah. well. Dwayne Wade probably was still giving it a nine, but probably, probably it was it was nice. <laughs> I enjoyed it thoroughly. It's yeah. a ten for me, Mister Brown. That's fair. That's fair. A ten <laughs> for me as well. <laughs> I thought about I, I kind of gave half the thought to picking Texas in this game, but I don't think Villanova loses two games this early in the season. Yeah, no, I don't. So think that's so. why I'm not taking them. I don't think so. They got a looks like they got a game against St. Joe's in the middle of the week. Um, they play St. Joe's and Temple Wednesday and Thursday. Okay, there you go. I think I mean if as long as they look good in both of those games, I see no reason why they count can't. Uh, right keep that momentum going and take so, Texas down. So. Yeah. I'll take Villanova in that one. So, I will as well. Yeah. So call it a show. <laughs> so that will be it for this week's episode of the talking smack podcast. My name is Aiden Jolly alongside Adam Gorski. Good night.